Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to Gamble On, a new weekly podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, US Bets Managing Editor and Media Director, and I'm joined by our senior analyst, Pulitzer Prize finalist, John Brennan. You ready to do this, John? Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. A uh, brave new world. Uh, well, let's get off on the, on the right foot here, John. Uh, we aren't expert gamblers who've made millions. We don't claim to be, but we want to at least establish that we have a basic level of competence. So, uh, John, please assure me and the listeners that you did not bet the New York Mets plus 20 and a half runs against Washington on Tuesday night. You know, everyone talks about the 25 runs that the Nationals scored, but no one talks about the fact that the Mets scored three runs in the the ninth inning. So, uh, you know, I got really, really close on that. Just one more hit, and <laughs> I might have had a winner there. Right, almost a full-blown offensive explosion for the Mets. I, I suspect the Mets will be the butt of many jokes on this podcast. Mets and Jets. Uh, um, I should establish that I'm a Philadelphia sports fan, so my teams have been the butt of plenty of jokes over the years, but I'm safe on that front at the moment. Uh, any Met jokes are well-deserved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So thanks to everyone for uh, listening in to this debut episode. A few quick words about the show. We'll be weekly. And although our first episode here has dropped on a Friday, going forward, the plan is to give you a new episode every Thursday. And in terms of what you're going to get on Gamble On, we're here to talk about the world of gambling from all angles imaginable. We'll tell some stories. Uh, my partner, John, has plenty of those. Uh, we'll also have other experts from the gambling world joining us. We'll do a weekly trivia question, and we'll discuss some interesting bets for the week ahead. Informative, insightful, and fun. That's what we're going for. And later in the show, we'll be joined by our colleague Adam Small to talk about mobile sports betting and how big it's going to be. But first, let's get into the news of the week. Yep. Uh, so we're going to tackle four stories this week. And first up, we're not going to dive too deep on this right now because we're going to discuss it in more detail with Adam later in the podcast. But the big news that caught the gambling world off guard this week on Wednesday, DK Sportsbook from DraftKings, whose uh, land-based partner is Resorts, suddenly went live in New Jersey. It's not quite open to the full public yet as of this recording, but for the lucky few with early invites, mobile sports betting in New Jersey is a reality. John, give me your quick reaction to DraftKings beating the competitors to market on this. Uh, I think it's very impressive. You know, uh, uh, Borgata is is very close as well. I think both of them might have things ready by the end of next week. But um, 
you know, in the brick and mortar area, I think the, some of the casinos are right that they can wait till later in August, the football season, where, you know, if you can't bet, make a bet at that casino you're at in August, you can just go down the street and, and that's fine. And that's not going to change your habits, perhaps for going forward. But online, if someone is eager to bet on sports anywhere in the state of New Jersey, you can be 100 miles away, and um, they find they can't go to the usual casino they go to, and they sign up with DraftKings, then uh, once they do, and they do that for a couple of weeks, I'm not sure that uh, one of those casinos having an online site is going to lure them away. They've already gained some loyalty points and such with DraftKings. So uh, I think they, they're, they've got a, a good thing going here. Yeah, that's that's a big uh, question going forward is um, how much does being first to market matter? Is it really, uh, you know, is is it one of those things where once people sign up with a site and get into that habit, is it habit forming and, and everyone else is going to be playing catch up? It seems seems like you think uh, uh, people will indeed be playing catch up if they if they don't get on this soon. Yeah, the one key would be if if, if someone's a long time uh regular casino player with a lot of loyalty points and they they don't want to switch and uh DraftKings is not affiliated with them then you know they may be keep looking at the other one and and, and jump off but um but a, there's a lot of random people who who don't really have a strong loyalty to uh any particular Atlantic City casino and or racetrack for that matter uh and and for those people I think uh DraftKings may uh, have a winner here yeah well I played around on it on Thursday and placed a few bets uh Listeners can find my article detailing the experience on usbets.com. But uh, we'll have a little fun here, and I'll reveal that I placed uh, five bets, uh, and these will give you an idea of the spectrum of options available. Um, first bet I made, they have in-game betting. So I bet $1 on the first point of the second game of the first set of a women's tennis match uh, <laughs> between two uh, female tennis players I'd never heard of. Uh, and I actually don't know how that one turned out. Uh, I can't check my betting results from outside New Jersey, and I'm currently back home in Pennsylvania. So I'm not sure the uh, the status of my $1 there. But uh, after that, I bet $1 that the score of the Phillies-Marlins game would be tied after three innings at plus 295, which is uh, pretty good odds. And I got that one. It was 0-0 after three. Uh, then I bet a dollar to win $8 on the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. I think people can uh, sense that I'm, uh, I'm backing my home teams a little here. Uh, results aren't quite in for that one yet. I bet $5 on boxer Tevin Farmer as a minus 375 favorite over Billy Dib in Australia, and that fight took place early Friday morning U.S. time, and Farmer did win a lopsided decision. And lastly, I took under 35.5 points in the NFL preseason Hall of Fame game last night, and I eked that one out on the 17-16 final score. Uh, so anyway, it gives you a sense of all the different sports and types of bets that are available to make when you're just sitting on your phone in a New Jersey coffee shop. Well, what I find so interesting about that is that, you know, I've been to Las Vegas a few times and many of the listeners have been, too. And it all sort of adds up. You know, it's it's a bit of a bizarre scene. I mean, you see a bunch of drunk people at noon on a Wednesday, you know, <laughs> staggering through the casinos and sort of anything goes. And so the idea of betting on, a, you know, the first set or a point of a women's tennis match or a polo match or darts or whatever, yeah. it, it doesn't it doesn't seem odd. It's like it's part of the scenario. But. To be in any other state at all, for one thing, and particularly to be at home, you know, which New Jersey has, you know, Mississippi yep. and Delaware are not going for that yet. And, and a lot of states are hesitant about online sports betting. But the idea that you're sitting at home and betting on a darts match or a polo match in, <laughs> in Australia or whatever, um, and, and you're not in that bizarre crowd in, in Las Vegas uh, is 
a new reality for Americans. Now, obviously, in the UK and throughout Europe and uh, large parts of Asia, it, it's been around for 10 years. But um, it, it's a strange new world, definitely, for uh, a lot of Americans. Yep. Yep. Good point. The, the future is here. Uh, all right. So moving on to story number two this week, and we thought this was going to be story number one until the DK Sportsbook news hit, but still very mainstream news on Tuesday. The NBA and MGM held a press conference in Manhattan to announce a partnership. MGM Resorts is the NBA's official gaming partner. A lot of people are declaring this a win for the NBA. John, you were at the press conference. What was your big takeaway from this deal? What does this news mean for the NBA, for MGM, and for the future of sports betting? You know, I, I've been to, I'm sure, more than a thousand press conferences in 35 years and <laughs> and a couple of hundred in Manhattan itself. And this is the first one I can remember that I sit there and look at them and say, you know, why? You know, I, I've been there for terrible trades and New York bidding for the Olympics and and teams, you know, pledging to build new arenas and things that completely failed. But I got the point at the time of the press conference. This one, um, I'm stumped. There's reported three years, 25 million uh, MGM paying the NBA for I don't know what, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it's like a in theory, if the U.S. had prohibited sports betting always and no one ever made a legal sports bet and now it's become legal. It would totally make sense to me that um, a, a large casino operator and a smart one like MGM would want to get in first and say, well, you know, you guys don't know what to do. You're Americans. You don't know how to bet. Most of you. And we're going to tell you that we're legit. We're going to have logos and official imprimatur of the NBA. And so, you know, to be safe to bet with us. But if you go to the other casinos, you don't know what you're getting. That totally makes sense to me. Unfortunately, there's 70 years of history in Nevada that says otherwise, which says that nobody cares that oh, I'm betting on Cleveland against Detroit in a, in a baseball game or, or a football game for that matter. Right. Uh, and I don't see the team logo and I don't see the nickname of the team. Um, so I'm not sure if this is a legit bet. Well, you're in an established casino that's been around for decades that is not going anywhere. And if they're accused of, you know, sort of not taking your bet because you didn't really bet on the lions or the Browns or whatever, uh, they're not going to pay you out. They'd go out of business. So, uh, and MGM in particular, you know, probably the biggest, uh, outfit in, in Nevada. So it's clearly useless in Nevada. No one is going to suddenly switch to loyalty to MGM uh, because now they have this official logo attached to their bet. Um, I'm trying to be charitable in new new markets like, uh, you know, Borgata, Atlantic City and Mississippi right. and some of the other uh, spots where MGM uh, has casinos. I guess I'm supposed to pretend that there are a lot of novelty um, fans who don't know what to do. And all they know is that this one casino, I, I see the team nickname and logo. So I feel more comfortable with it. But those are such novices that um, they're not going to bet much and there's not much to get out of them. So um, it was somewhat of a bizarre uh, press conference, I thought. Yeah, you're right. It's not clear what's really in it for MGM. As, again, everyone seems to be saying good deal for the NBA, uh, but you're right to look at it from the from MGM's perspective and ask, you know, what exactly is the point, especially since it seems that the deal is not exclusive. NBA can still make other sports betting deals and, and make more money from everything that I've read about it. This is largely about data, the, the, the data about games and about wagering is flowing in both directions and making 
in-game betting as easy and effective as possible. Um, so, you know, that that seems to be central to this deal. And we'll talk about that with Adam, but that seems to be where this is all headed. But yeah, uh, it, it's and they it sounds like they didn't really go into the specifics of the deal enough at the press conference for you to really get a good sense of, of what's motivating MGM side of it here. Uh, right. I mean, M- M- NBA uh, commissioner Adam Silver sort of made a joke about, oh, uh, MGM will sort of hope the other casinos join in because they realize that they're at this big disadvantage. And and Jim Murren, the uh, head of MGM, you know, I asked him twice. So is this predicated on the fact that the Supreme Court legalized sports betting around the country in mid-May? Is, is Would you be here otherwise? And he just said to me, well, you know, I can't deal with a hypothetical. So um <laughs> I, the the one other thing I'd add, though, is that um, the NBA and MGM are both very well-run businesses. They're yeah. very smart. So um, I don't get this deal, but um, I don't dismiss it either because um, they're smart enough that they may have something. They're, they're sort of holding their cards somewhat, and it may turn out that this does become a sensible deal. I just don't see it yet. Right. People above our pay grade made these decisions and uh, may may see see something that uh, escapes uh, the, the common men such as you and I. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's go on to story number three this week. And we'll hit this quickly. This is a bunch of stories rolled into one. Uh, the story is that it's been a week of nonstop breaking sports betting news. In addition to what we already talked about with DK Sportsbook and with the NBA and MGM, we saw live sports betting get underway in Mississippi on Wednesday. We saw two Atlantic City casinos, Bally's and Harrah's, open their sports books. And we had Parks in Pennsylvania teaming up with GAN and announcing sports betting plans is this the way it's going to be between now and football season just a mad scramble and constant breaking news uh, unfortunately for us who might like to have a slow august uh, <laughs> uh, it sure seems like it you know i talked to a freehold freehold raceway executive uh last week that's the third racetrack in new jersey and uh they have said to me that they're not going to be ready for the opening of football season um but no other no casino has has conceded yet and Again, there's there's so many possible deals to be made by casinos without with third parties um, that more and more online uh, options will be available. Um, I also want to add, you know, August 25th apparently is the first day of college football season. And um, if I were president, um, the first games would have to be held September 1st or later. I don't think either uh, students should have to go to university in August and no football player should have to play an actual game in August before September. Yeah, I I could get down with that that policy from President John Brennan. You have my support on that. I'm glad to hear it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so let's move on to our fourth and final story this week. Um, I went to Parks Casino in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania last week, and I spoke to their director of poker operations, Bill Entenman. And I was a little surprised that Bill wasn't completely tight-lipped about their online poker plans. He told me, Online poker is good for poker in general, and he said that they want to have a quality online offering. In years past, Parks Management was opposed to online gaming, but now that it's here, they're getting on board. They've paid the $10 bucks for a license, uh, but it doesn't seem they'll have a name brand partner, and they might not have shared liquidity across states. So can Parks, which is clearly the leader in Pennsylvania live poker, compete online if they're not hooked up with WSOP.com, PokerStars, etc.? Well, it's yet another story that all roads lead back to New Jersey, you know, <laughs> uh, going back five years when uh, New Jersey legalized online poker and, and really online casino gaming along with Delaware. Um, 
you know, I learned from a lot of experts that the feeling was, uh, well, first, the, the optimism was that New Jersey itself could have uh, a large enough uh, community to have sufficient liquidity uh, to offer great games uh, in poker online. And then it turned out they don't. And so what I was told was that um, New Jersey's not quite big enough. And, you know, Delaware is there are fewer Delaware, Delaware residents in the state than in Bergen County, New Jersey, where the wow. Meadowlands is located. To give an example, so Delaware, I mean, they're they're great people, I'm sure, but there's not <laughs> a lot there's not a lot of them. So right, uh, and New Jersey is is 10 million people, so there's plenty, but it's still not enough. So uh, what I was told was that um, if only they could hook up with Pennsylvania, which is even a larger state, uh, those two states combined would would get you where you need to go. So that's what I'm really interested in in terms of the online poker situation and talking to the experts is that um, those two states combined, I think, can have a full liquidity. And obviously, if they can get a third state that has a lot of people in it, um, they're good to go. Uh, I talked to a, a North Jersey uh, professional poker player a few years ago, and he mentioned that he would love to have California on board. Oh, yeah. Uh, because That's then the you, got, one. You, you got a three-hour time difference, which is a key. Right. Um, the problem is that California is so big, they don't need anybody. So, <laughs> how, I mean, how much you would have to pay to to lure them in would be problematic. But, um, but clearly, it, it, it's got to be a multi-state deal for anybody to survive, whether with or without uh, any of the big sites. Yeah, California is the one that people have been talking about for the last uh, five years or so now that that's that's the huge game changer when California comes aboard. And you're right that that three hour time difference is big in terms of making sure the the tables are are stocked with players at all different times of day. Um, But I guess uh, more locally, the one that that. New Jersey and Pennsylvania players can hope comes aboard soon is New York. If we can get New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania all playing together and throw Delaware in there too, you know, never hurts to have them. Uh, then you've got a, a pretty huge market. Um, look, I'm a Pennsylvania resident, uh, so I will be playing in Pennsylvania. No more driving to Starbucks in New Jersey just to get my online poker fix. Um, but in the end, speaking specifically about parks, if there aren't enough games on Parks' online poker site. If the sit-and-goes aren't filling, if I can't find a game at the times when I want to play, then I'll look to another site. Uh, maybe with just Pennsylvania players, the games will be fine. Pennsylvania's a big state, population of, of more than 12 million, but uh, you know, online poker is no fun if you have to sit around waiting for a game to start. I want juicy games against bad players, and I don't want to have to sit around in the lobby waiting for them to start. Um, but either way... I will be playing online poker in Pennsylvania again soon, and it will be the ruination of my career. Uh, Sorry, uh, Adam, Robert, John, everybody else uh, that I work with, I'm warning you in advance, productivity will suffer. Uh, Also, apologies to my wife, my kids, my dog. I might be ignoring you at times. That's the way it goes. Yeah, I'll I'll add one thing. Uh, New York politics is so fractured at this point Mm -hmm. that uh, this topic is – literally uh, a throw in in a deal, you know, at some yeah. point next year where, you know, it looks like uh, you give me this, I give you that. And then at the last second, and sometimes it's not even noticed by the legislators in, in not only in New York's not alone in this, there's a, there's a bill passed and signed into law. And then afterwards people notice, oh, wow, we legalized whatever. We didn't even know that. And um, that that's the level that uh, on, online poker legalization in New York is at. So uh, I can't promise anybody it's going to happen in 2019. It's certainly not going to happen in 2018, but I can't promise 2019 either. And uh, it, it it's, it's just going to be a pawn in the game, basically. Yeah. 
All right, uh, enough news discussion for now. Let's uh, do the trivia question of the week. Uh, Every week, we'll ask a sports or gambling-related trivia question on the podcast. And at the end of each month, we will award a $25 Amazon gift card to one listener who has submitted a correct answer. All you have to do is tweet the correct answer to at us underscore bets and make sure to include the hashtag gamble on and you'll be entered into the prize drawing so to reiterate three things in your tweet our handle at us underscore bets the hashtag gamble on and the correct answer to the question that's important to have that in there too um if you get multiple questions right over the course of the month you'll have your name entered multiple times in the drawing so you can have up to five entries in the drawing for the month of august uh so without further ado uh john has our first gamble on trivia question yeah this week's uh, trivia question is tied into the haskell invitational since i went to the big annual horse race at monmouth park last week so we're starting with the horse racing trivia question and we're starting with an easy one if you follow horses at all Four horses have won the Haskell and gone on to be named Horse of the Year in the same year that they won the Haskell. Who was the last horse to accomplish this feat? And I think I know this one. <laughs> I, I, we have to uh, we have to uh, talk to our bosses and see whether you're allowed to uh, enter and compete for the prize. I'm, I'm going to say <laughs> probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> All right, we welcome now to the show usbets.com CEO and co-founder Adam Small. Uh, Adam, uh, you have just become the answer to a trivia question. You are the very first guest on Gamble On, so thanks for joining us. Yes, I like that. Hey, it's great to be here, guys. So uh, you're coming on at a, at a crazy time in the world of, uh, of gambling. It's been a huge news week for mobile sports betting in New Jersey in particular. Um, first, a bit of a bomb dropped at the NBA MGM presser on Tuesday when MGM CEO Jim Murren let slip that mobile sports betting is coming to Borgata in New Jersey by the end of this week. Uh, then DK Sportsbook beat MGM to the punch by going mobile and taking bets on Wednesday. Uh, you are an industry insider. You live and breathe this business. Make sense of this news for us. Where, when, and how do you expect bettors will be placing their bets with MGM? And how does the DK news shake everything up? Yeah, wow. Um, a lot to process this week, that's for sure. Yep. Uh, first, we got the MGM news. That was huge news. It's really the first uh, first big commercial deal that we've seen pop up between uh, one of the major traditional gambling companies and one of the sports leagues. I, I kind of don't count the deals that have existed between DraftKings and FanDuel and, and the leagues because those have been, you know, skill games and not gambling, right? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, I I thought that was big news. And the uh, the thing that dropped in kind of on the side there was that PlayMGM, which is to this point kind of a minor gambling brand in New Jersey in the online gambling scene, uh, but it's kind of been this, this sleeping giant with the brand name, says that they're going to launch their sports book. Well, they said they were going to launch it today. I haven't heard anything else about that since, but uh, certainly a possibility. And they're planning to launch in, I guess, every state where MGM has properties. And it looked for a minute like they might be the first ones. And then, of course, DraftKings <laughs> comes and they're like, no, we're going to be the first ones. We're launching. And they came out. And, uh, and we also have 888 and we have FanDuel lurking here in probably a couple weeks looking to launch their online sports book, which is going to kind of replace the Betfair brand, at least in New Jersey, for sports betting. And we've got 
bet stars coming very soon and soon we're going to have 10, 20 sites. Who knows? It's going to be a lot in New Jersey real quickly. Yeah. It sounds though, like when you mentioned that it's Friday and they're not up yet, that you're a little skeptical about them hitting the, the timing they claimed at the press conference. I am a little skeptical, although if I had been speaking at a press conference of that sort, I'd probably want to say something like that if I were pretty sure I could do it. So, you know, they probably they probably do have plans to launch today. I just I'm a little skeptical of it because when I've spoken to people over there, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like everything is ready to go yet. It seems like they're scrambling to get it up live. Right. Yeah, okay. I, I was at the press conference. And um, yeah, it was sort of thrown in by Jim uh, sort of ca- casually. Um, I, I know from experience with uh, uh, online casino gaming legalization that basically there's about a five day window where um, you do a soft launch. So you invent you invite some of your professional betters and some really eager customers who maybe have already contacted you and you let them play for real money. And um, you make sure that it goes through, that winners and losers are declared and winners get paid out and that sort of thing. And so uh, I think that it's quite possible by the end of next week that um, we'll have uh, DraftKings and Borgata with the MGM brand uh, offering legal uh, online sports betting in New Jersey, you know, the first outside of Nevada ever uh, by the end of next week. Yeah, I agree, actually. And I think we might even see one more brand, 888, live by that time as well. Uh, Adam, I want to ask you a question. Uh, I know there could be up to 42 websites, or skins as they call them, uh, for sports betting in New Jersey. We've got nine Atlantic City casinos. We've got three racetracks and and two former racetrack sites, um, which which can offer it. Um, I'm curious, is that number of 42 maximum, is that too few? Is that too many? Is that just right? I think it's a lot. It's a pretty huge number for a state like New Jersey. Now, the state is currently supporting 18 online casinos, and the sports betting market is bigger than the online casino market. There are more more people who participate in it, and the online casinos are doing pretty well. Not all of them, but uh, I'd say the market's pretty healthy right now. So the number probably could and will be a little bit bigger in terms of online sports betting sites or skins, as, as some people call them. But I think 42 is probably a stretch. It just seems like at some point you start running out of space for people to be profitable. And and there is still a fair amount of overhead with most of these operations. So I think maybe the number shakes out to be more like in the 20 to 25 range at max and maybe even a little less than that. It does seem kind of crazy, though, right now. It just it feels like so many different brands are going to be coming out with their online sports betting uh, offers. And we've only kind of heard the beginning of it because everyone has to believe that pretty much all the casinos, if not all the casinos are going to have their own branded sites. And most of the brands that we've been hearing about to this point are not the actual casinos like Borgata or golden nugget or, uh, or, you know, any of the others there, they're, uh, online brands, FanDuel, DraftKings, 888, BetStars. So, uh, yeah, and even PlayMGM, which is which is sort of a, a hybrid online and brick-and-mortar brand, is still not BorgataSportsBook.com. So I, I do think that we'll just be hearing about more and more of these. Interesting. Um, so as you know, Adam, uh, I, I played around a little bit on uh, DK Sportsbook yesterday and uh, placed my first ever 
in-game bet, uh, live betting on, in this particular case, the next point of a tennis match, um, is in-game betting the real ultimate goal of operators? Do you see that being the future of sports betting in the U.S.? Well, I definitely see it being a big part of it. Uh, I still think that just betting on outcomes of games is always going to be the big breadwinner for sports books, just because it's such a it's such a popular thing to do, particularly for people who are fans of teams or who think that they know something that other people don't, or who actually know something that other people don't. But it, it's just that's always going to be the biggest thing. And then I think in-game betting is great because. One, it gives people something to do if they are just looking for action, yep. but also uh, it's got to be great for engagement for the sporting contests themselves to have people sort of trying to play manager or play coach and, and understand what people are going to do next or what could happen next and why and sort of put on their own analyst hats. So I do think that there's, there's a lot of fun to be had with it, uh, but I don't think it's going to take over. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right, though, that it's definitely a – in the moment, I want to be betting on something at all times. You kind of got that action junkie feel um, and the fact that you can do it for such incredibly low limits if you want uh, online, you know, just a dollar here, a dollar there, whatever you want to do, um, really opens it up to changing the way that you watch sports, really. Yeah, yeah I, was notice, I was noticing that, frankly, that um, they're going to be offering on DraftKings like 10 cent, 10 cent minimum bets. And they're going to tailor it to your daily fantasy sports proclivities. So right. if you tend to have half of your lineup being the Yankees, um, they're going to offer you instant prop bets during the game for a low limit on all kinds of things with that Yankee game. And um, I, I think it's interesting, but obviously the house always wins. So <laughs> I, clearly there's going to be a lot of uh, excitement for the, especially for the sort of the novice sports better, where he's going to keep betting, you know, Aaron judge is going to hit a home run. John Carlos Stanton's going to hit a home run. I'm going to get this. And Sonny Gray is going to pitch a shutout and they're, they're, tr they're trying all these efforts. And of course they're going to lose most of the time. And so I, I don't know about the long-term staying power of that, as opposed to, like you say, the traditional, you know, picking a certain game, and waiting three hours. I think that's more uh, realistic in the end. And I think they'll, they'll keep coming out with more and more ways to engage people with these in-game products. They'll, they'll make them better and better as it goes along. I just I really like the idea of betting on things like whether or not someone's going to homer in a game. For example, I find that personally a lot more uh, intriguing than betting on who's going to win the next point in a tennis match, which to me is just coin flip. <laughs> Kind of yep. stuff, you know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems different anyway. But uh, uh, Adam, I want to ask you a question, too, about, you know, I, I've, I've covered this for years. And you know, Atlantic City casino operators had always fought against online casino gaming. You know, they felt that their best customers, wait a minute, you know, they're spending maybe thousands of dollars for a week or a week long weekend uh, at our casino and betting. And then instead, they're going to just stay home and they're going to make the same bets, but they're not going to get give me the hotel room or the restaurant or the dining or what or the uh, uh, the drinking or whatever it is. So we're going to lose money. Now, eventually, they realize that the online customer is not really the same as their in-house customer, particularly in terms of age, frankly. So cannibalization fears were really kind of overrated and they ultimately embraced it. And now they're doing well with it by all accounts. Um, but what about online sports betting versus online casino gaming? Um, will these sites be fighting for the same customer? Is there kind of a closed end thing where if online sports betting is really successful, that's going to bury online casino gaming or is there room for both? 
Yeah, uh, I think it's a good question. I, I don't think that they're going to uh, have as much overlap as maybe some might fear. Uh, a lot of the people who gamble online at online casinos already are betting on sports online and they're just doing it through illegal or, you know, we'll kindly say offshore operators uh, rather than through uh, an, an online website that's uh, sanctioned by the state of New Jersey. And many of them also are placing bets with bookies offsite who, uh, you know, this, this business has been around forever. It continues to be around, and it's not—it's not like you're introducing a bunch of new options for everyone that didn't exist before. You're just bringing them into the light, and uh, and offering them in an environment that's better for consumers, safer for consumers. So I, I don't think that it's gonna—I don't think that there's gonna be a lot of cannibalization between these two verticals. Uh, personally, I wanted to speak to the other thing you were saying, kind of in the intro to that question as well. I always thought it was interesting that uh, brick and mortar operators feared online gambling so much and thought that it was going to cannibalize when what seems to actually happen is that online gambling brings people more to the brick and mortar properties. Yeah. And the, uh, the smart brick and mortar properties that also offer online gambling have come to learn over time that uh, they can do they can do very well by trying to leverage their their online audience their online player base into brick and mortar visits and they can do that through comps through loyalty programs through a number of different ways uh, one of my one of my companies held a held a live tournament at the Borgata poker tournament in 2014 and I was I was the one kind of directing the event from our side of it and we were we were speaking with the folks at the Borgata trying to understand what their goals were in this event because it was the first event we'd held of this kind. And what they told me in, in very certain terms was what we want is for you guys to get people to come stay at the hotel. That's what we care about. They know that getting people in the door of their of their property is what makes them money, whether it's via the hotel stays, via the via the restaurants, via the gambling in the casino, shopping, et cetera, et cetera. And online gambling has just come to help with that. It brings those younger customers who get introduced online, who, uh, who play the lower stakes that are available online that you can't get in the casino, and who, uh, who learn about it without the, the high barrier to entry that is a trip to Atlantic City or a trip to Las Vegas. And then once they get comfortable with all this, they do end up coming to the properties. So I think we'll see uh, the same thing with sports betting, frankly, that uh, new customers will get in, younger people uh, will try it out, and, uh, or, or we'll move from offshore to the, the legal online sports books, and then we'll, we'll get those people coming into the casinos as well. To, to take that a, a step further, do you think that we'll see the, the sports betting equivalent somehow of, of online satellites to live events that they'll try to figure out some way that uh, if you win something with your sports bet, uh, that there might be a bigger game to play live and in person, that they may that really directly try to bring those customers uh, into the casinos? I do. Yeah. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but we've right. already seen uh, Daily Fantasy do that over yeah. the last few years, uh, having live finals and things like that. And we also have things in Vegas, like the famous Super Contest. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of that kind of stuff where they try to sort of put a social component on betting on sports. And I think in the end, that's what those contests are. Yes, it's an opportunity to make money, but also it is a bit more social than just placing bets when you're competing against other people. I think it's one of the reasons that 
poker became so popular and, and DFS became so popular because they found ways to sort of turn it into a community. And I think there will be efforts to do that with sports betting. I'm not sure how it ends up looking, but I do think that, yes, there'll be opportunities to win some sort of bet or event or series or contest and end up in a live setting with a bunch of unusual luxuries and, uh, and just having a lot of fun at some live event with an opportunity to win a million dollars or maybe even more. Right. Fascinating. Well, great stuff. Uh, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us and sharing your insights, Adam. And uh, we look forward to having you on the podcast again soon. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, John. It's fun being on. All right, for our final segment, uh, now it's time to discuss the bankroll. Every week, we're going to wrap up the podcast by placing a few sports bets in the safest, most indisputably legal in all jurisdictions way possible by not actually placing the bets. Uh, John and I are starting with a shared $10,000 fictional bankroll. It's not real. It's just for fun. Uh, but we're going to have some fun seeing how effectively we can run it up in the weeks and months ahead as we select a few bets we like each week. Uh, the goal is to prove wrong what John said a moment ago, that the house always wins. Let's see if we can take down the house here uh, again uh, with our fantasy bankroll. And I'll go first uh, with bet number one. Um, so I'm going to Atlantic City this weekend. Uh, I have a side gig covering boxing for HBO. I've been covering the sweet science for more than 20 years. I may as well kick this thing off by putting a chunk of our bankroll on a boxing match. Saturday's card is headlined by Sergey Kovalev versus Alater Alvarez um, at Monmouth Park. Kovalev is a minus 500 favorite, which sounds steep, uh, but I like it. I think there is a better than five in six chance that he wins this fight. Alvarez is a good fighter. Kovalev is elite. He rarely even loses rounds to opponents on this <clears throat> level. Uh, so I'm betting $500 of our $10,000. 5% of our bankroll, potentially up in flames all at once. Uh, but I'm betting 500 to win 100 on Sergey Kovalev. All right. Uh, I've got one, too. Uh, my name is John, and I participate in a 32-week uh, golf pool. I just want to uh, confess to that. <laughs> okay. um, so I follow, follow golf way too closely. Um, it's actually an interesting pool. You in 32 weeks, you can only pick each player four times. So mm. there's a lot of strategy, especially now the noose is tightening with eight weeks to go. But uh, that's why I follow it. Um, a PGA Championship coming up uh, August 9th to 12th. And I like Ricky Fowler uh, at 18 to 1, and I'll go $100 on that. Um, and uh, I know Ricky frustrates a lot of people, and rightly so. Uh, he's one of the best-known players on the golf tour, but he almost never wins. He's won one, no majors and one significant tournament and three others. But um, uh, I, I think he's getting close. And I think he's finally gotten to the point where he's getting overlooked and he needs that. You know, there's a lot of pressure on him. He's supposed to win. He's supposed to win. He's supposed to win. Here's the last major of the year. He needs to win. But I don't think any attention will be paid to him. And um, uh, he always gets off to a great start. So if you pick him, you're going to get a nice Thursday round, probably a nice Friday round. Um, Saturday at the at the uh, British Open uh, a couple weeks ago, he was within one stroke at a lead early. And as soon as he got to that top, he just faded away and was forgettable. So um, it's a gamble, as they say. But at 18 to one, uh, I'd like his chances. 
Yeah, absolutely. If uh, if that happens to hit, uh, that pads our bankroll nicely here <laughs> with uh, eighteen hundred bucks. And uh, and if it doesn't, hey, only a hundred dollars worth worth a shot. And uh, actually, for my next bet, I have something of a similar kind of variety. Um, the bet you just made, we'll know not by next week's show, but by the week after that, we'll know if if it's paying out. Uh, mine, we're gonna have to wait a little longer than that for the results of. But uh, I'm taking the Washington Nationals at plus 3,000 to win the World Series. Uh, and just like you, I'm betting $100, in this case, to win 3,000. Um, so that's $100 that'll be out of our bankroll for a couple months, but potentially 30 times that coming back in late October. And I know that this bet makes me a bad Phillies fan. Um, call it an emotional hedge, if you like. Uh, but uh, the Nats, as we record this, are only five games behind in the NL East. They have talent, they have experience, they're chasing two upstart young teams. I'm not quite going to call the Nationals the favorite to win the division, but it's close to a toss-up, in my view, with some 55 games to go. Uh, They did not trade Bryce Harper. Uh, If he ever starts hitting, they're an elite team, and the baseball playoffs, as we know, are a crapshoot. Once you're in there, anything can happen. So if they win the division, then to me at that point, they're pretty much a straight-up 7-1, 8-1 to win the World Series. Uh, I'm getting 30-1 to now. I like those odds. Worth a flyer for 100 bucks. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll add that uh, if people look closely since the All-Star break, uh, Harper is hitting. So uh, yeah. that's an interesting pick. I have something similar uh, where a team is not even guaranteed to make the playoffs. Yet I'm going to take them for 100. Uh, this is the Brewers at 20 to 1. Uh, I think the Milwaukee manager, Craig Council, has been masterful in his bullpen usage. I think teams, a lot of teams are trying, including the Phillies, to be more creative with how they use the bullpen. Um, the Phillies have been pretty good, I think, but they've had some some misfires. Uh, the Brewers have been outstanding on that. And uh, a couple of things I like, um, their starting pitchers are un- un- unheralded. But if you look, they've got a 117 uh, ERA plus, so well above uh, overall the uh, league average. And uh, what I like best is that they have they have too many bats, too many infielders, too many outfielders. Uh, that's not a bad thing. You know, a lot of teams have the eight everyday guys. And then you, you start the first round of the postseason, and a couple of guys aren't hitting, and and you've got no alternative. You just know where you can go. Um, and the, for the Brewers, they can just throw stream guys in day after day and see who who's confident. And the other thing is that they have uh, they have sort of a good defensive lineup or a good offensive lineup or a combination. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who they play. They can they can mix and mash and get a really nice lineup there. And adding uh, Soria to the bullpen uh, earlier this week was just uh, a masterstroke. So uh, I think they've got a real chance. And, yes, they may not make the playoffs, but even a team you know is going to make the playoffs is, is no guarantee to, to win it all anyway. So right. I, I like both of our bets there. Okay, and uh, yeah, those are both bets that we'll have to wait a while on to see how they do, but we will have the results of our boxing bet next week and your golf bet uh, the week after that. So uh, we'll keep everyone updated and we'll keep making bets every week. Uh, So thanks everybody for listening to our debut episode. Uh, If you listeners out there have any ideas for bets that we can make uh, next week, uh, tweet them to us. We'll discuss the most interesting suggestions on next week's show and maybe even put our bankroll behind one or two of them. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and John at Bergen Brennan. And follow U.S. Bets at U.S. underscore bets. Uh, Check out usbets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling. And subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, where you can find us at soundcloud.com slash gambleonpodcast. Or on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app, where your ratings and reviews are greatly appreciated. 
John, you want to take us out? Uh, I want to thank all listeners that have made it all the way through the end, and uh, please, please, please come back again. 